They say I'm disturbed. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spread. I think we're getting into a weird area here. Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? This hysteria. You can't handle the truth. Brain is gone. This is Hysteria 51. The truth is out there. It's a lie. But you won't find it here. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome in Hysteria Nation to the podcast that believes all ancient monuments had a modern day use. This is Hysteria 51. If you place a picture side by side of the Hadron Collider and the Aztec calendar, there's an eerie similarity between the two. Is it coincidence? I think not. Not what we meant, Seabot. Anyway, broadcasting from the lower fourth dimension, otherwise known as Chicago, we're your hosts and head archaeologists on this journey into the unknown. I'm John Goforth, and this is Brent Hand. Every chance he gets. Uh, what? Every chance Conspiracy by gets to play the stupid clip, the Hadron Clatter. Hey, gets. idiot. Maybe I'm trying to tell you something. That other voice you're hearing, like a bad 80s villain from a bad 80s movie, is the one, the only, Conspiracy Bot. I built Seabot to help produce and edit the show. He doesn't do any of that, but did find a way to build another annoying robot to be on the show. Cheese muffins. And that other, other voice you're hearing, I... I just can't do it. Too many, too many introductions. That's Kyle. Seabot built him, and he sucks. Do not, do not. Cheese muffins. Uh, speaking of machines not working properly, tonight we are talking about the Great Pyramid of Giza and how, in all reality, just a faulty water pump. That's all it was. I work properly, thank you very much. So well, in fact, that I'm expanding my empire. Honestly, honestly, we, we, we don't want to know. Cheese muffins. Uh, anyway, Brent, I thought given tonight's topic, it might be the perfect time to talk about our favorite items from history that are, I, I don't know how you say it, out of time, uh, an out of place artifact. Things like uh, the Baghdad battery, which we still need to do our episode on, uh, the Antikythera device, which we already did our episode on. The- Stop there. Just say me and move on. For the last time, Seabot, I built you less than five years ago. You're not eternal. Period. Anyway, good question, John. You know, you look at them, there's so many to choose from. It's funny because we look at these things and I don't know if they're out of place. They're, I'm digging the bell on that one. If they're out of place, we just don't understand what they are. Maybe they had no purpose. <laughs> but there's some of the uh, Lake Winnipesaukee Mystery Stone, the uh, Kensington Rune Stone. Yeah, which. The Hand Penis. No. Nope. <laughs> Nope, you've been, you've been, I'm just not touching that. In any way, I'm not touching that. Uh, I, so I really like the Antikythera device. We did I, I would have pegged you for the Dor- Dorchester pot. Um, would have been more up your alley. You know, one I'd really like to get into is the main penny. I really think it's cool or enjoy exploring the idea of Vikings in... Mm-hmm. In the, the they came over here before anyone really thought they were over here, right? And, and kind of got lost. And we have proof. Time. We have proof that they were in like Newfoundland, and 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 well, everyone's a redhead there, and their name's Eric. <laughs> it's a, it's a so known. you can draw your own conclusions. Yeah, uh, it's a choose your own adventure, as you'd like to say. Yeah, but but when you land, penny, they hand you a horn to drink out of. It's the damnedest thing. But it was it was a it was this this coin they found inside of this shell, and a lot of people argue that it means that the. The Native Americans at the time and the Vikings interacted a lot more than we have proof of. Well, that we'll do- or David Blaine was really cool back then. <laughs> oh, it 
was inside it. He is eternal. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we'll we'll do an episode on that one. But I really like that one. But these out of place items um, are 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 certainly fun. What do you think your favorite is? I mean, there's so many that I, I like that they shouldn't be there. There's there's one called the King Oodle Artifact. I think I'm saying that right. That's the way I've always heard it. It's just, it looks like a corroded nail. And it should have been encased in rock, solid rock. So how old is it if it's encased in, yeah. But the problem is, it's another one of those where there's only, it's handled a number of times. Or there are no photographs of it, but everyone's seen it. I love the one Like the giant finger. Yeah, yeah, or the Yeti finger, but we know about that one. I would have taken you for a Baghdad battery guy. You talk the Baghdad about battery, I think, is um, I don't know. I I don't want to talk about it until we've done a deep dive into it. We, I actually, you went with me, and we we listened to a guy talk about it at AlienCon. That's true. Um, That's true. You know, and it's a um, the problem is there's so much information on that one that we know isn't true that people are putting forward and so much that might be there's a it's a deep dive we got to go through it well dear listener you have not gotten our answer to the question of exactly which is our favorite but that's because we have so many favorites and but what you did get is a preview of some upcoming episodes Wait, I, I i'm totally blanking out on this the golden flyer i put it on one of our t-shirts what am i talking oh, about yep, so you know the the i'm sorry the insect carving uh, but no, the golden flyer, which was in the pyramids and it, it, it's, it's just an airplane, a, a toy airplane. That, that's exactly right. Uh, and so now you know that we'll have an upcoming episode on the main penny mm-hmm. on the Baghdad battery, the Delaware penny, the Vermont penny, <laughs> many of them. Have, Most of the Northeast coast have yeah. pennies. Um, but that is not the topic today. The topic today is another Ancient uh, item that perhaps yeah. uh, performed slightly more, larger than a penny. Uh, slightly larger than a penny. Yeah, this week we're talking about the Great Pyramid. It's not the first time that we've talked about it. It is just one of those places that is awe-inspiring, and I think that's a term that gets used a lot, John. But it it truly is an awe-inspiring place. I mean, you can get a hand tossed with cheese. You can get mm-hmm. a pan with sausage. That's true. You can get a thin and crispy. You can get thrown out when you try to order pineapple on pizza because that's disgusting. It is disgusting. We're talking about the, the Pizza Hut that is at the Giza Plateau. But yeah, you are right, man. The The Great Pyramid and the entirety of the, the Giza, what do they call it? The Giza Complex? Yeah, the, Giza, yeah, the whole Giza Plateau. The It's the, the Giza um, Mecca. I believe. No. No, it's the Giza shopping complex, I think, is because it's yeah. all industrial now. You know, I mean, yeah. You, uh, you, all commercial, you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was I thinking? <laughs> no, for real, though, it's one of the few places left on Earth that still, it, it really seems to capture the imagination of everyone. Children love talking about the pyramids. Adults do. There's pyramid-based religions, pyramid studies, pyramid everything. Well, and not only that, of course, it ties into aliens. We've talked about that before. Mm. If, in fact, if you have not listened to our episode on uh, the pyramids uh, at Giza, go back and listen it's from a couple years yeah. ago. You want your mom to love you, don't you? She probably won't if she knows that you didn't listen. If to you that. didn't listen, right? So, so pause right now. Go back and listen, and then come back. All right, we'll uh, wait. Actually, we'll wait. go ahead. Do, 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 do. Why why that too? Was... <laughs> Wouldn't it be walk like an Egyptian? Uh, no, because everyone knows that that's just made up malarkey. 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 Did you know I... the Egyptians didn't walk like that? If they did, they had some issues. Of course they did. Haven't you seen the hieroglyphics where they're doing it? 
Duh. Uh, uh, all right. So, uh, yeah, we, we talked about it a lot. We won't recap the whole thing here. But I think part of it is, Brent, that it's not just, wow, look at these majestic buildings. It's how long ago were they built? Yeah. What? What was the purpose of them being built? Who built them? And do, are they even still potentially serving a purpose today? Yeah, what were they used for? What 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 could have been in the the? You literally just repeated everything I said. The hu- funny thing about that is, everyone has a theory. Everyone, I oh, have yeah. one. You have one. Yeah. You know, every scholars do, and that's what we're talking this week. Didn't we land on? Uh, it was a Philip sixty six for aliens. Circle K. Strange. Oh, it was foot. a Circle K. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Got so it. So before it. we get into this week's episode, let's do a little bit of a refresher, just in case you're not going to pause because you're a bad person and you're not going to go listen back. We're going to give you a a little minute refresher on the great pyramid of giza in and of itself we're not doing the whole complex but the pyramid the great pyramid itself because that's the subject of of tonight's program it is the oldest and largest of the three pyramids in the giza pyramid complex uh it borders present day giza in egypt and it overlooks the world's best pizza joint no it's not the world's best it's the world's coolest i hate i hate the idea that i'm potentially eliminating a future sponsor but that's not the best pizza place Hey, you know what Everyone makes fun of me because we live in Chicago and we have every kind of, you want New York style, you get it here. You want Chicago style, Where? You get it I here. can't find good New York style here. Uh, but in that's the city. A- I still like Pizza Hut from time to time. I still like going to Papa John's from time to time, well, ordering that stuff. Well, no, no, no. He just said it was the best pizza place in the world. Maybe he means the place in and of itself. I meant what I said. Best. Period. No, okay. Uh, okay, he's just I wrong. Tried to, I tried to give him a you, you tried to help yeah. there. You really Idiots. did. You, you. But it does have one right by it. And that is a fun photo when you can get yourself a personal pan. And, and you can see the photos if you Google it. It's just out the window is the pyramid complex. <laughs> but it's the oldest of the seven wonders of the ancient world. And it's the only one to remain largely intact. Now, when I say largely intact, I wish we could have seen it in all its, its splendor because they were actually covered in white limestone. Right. And then they had the 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 cap on the top up there. They would have been a sight to behold. Yeah, there was there, a uh, there was an earthquake in like the 14th broke, century. It broke most of that off. Of yeah, there that was left. But you can go back and and watch watch movies uh, that will give you an artist's yeah. representation of it. Yeah, and if it doesn't, if it just looks like they do now, they didn't do a very good. They job. did not do yeah. their research and. People say that it was a big-ass tomb built over a 20 to 30-year period. Now, that's what mainstream Egyptologists say. And we're going to have someone on later today that says, oh, no, my friends, that's not the case. But there are three known chambers inside the Great Pyramid. The The lowest chambers cut into the bedrock upon which the pyramid was built, and it was unfinished. Then you have the Queen's Chamber and the King's Chamber, and they're higher up within the pyramid structure in and of itself. Which, just for clarity's sake, that is much different than the Queen's Chamber pot and the King's Chamber pot. Yeah. They were lower on the floor, filled with piss. Yep. 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 It's a, it's just it's a, a fact. It's a fact. So today we're going to talk, what was it actually used for? Because everyone, we're going to talk to someone that says, oh no, it wasn't actually a tomb. Yeah. uh, In fact, uh, the gentleman that we're speaking with today is uh, Mr. Stephen Myers, and he is the proprietor of Mm -hmm. thepump.org. And and as you you could probably guess from the name, he believes that uh, at least the Great Pyramid was a water pump of sorts uh, to, to help with the... I think he uses the term, maybe even in one of his books, the prosperity of the area. Which makes sense because you're in the middle of nowhere in a desert, 
so he probably would want some sort of water pump at the time. So we're going to get into that. And you're also in the center. Didn't they say that it's close to the geographical center of the of the globe. Well, my favorite ley line is right underneath it. And we all know that they use the Orion correlation theory where, you know, the three stars of Orion's belt, they, they in line. With I'm it. not going to make a men in black joke here because I guarantee I you, we there. probably made it in our, <laughs> in our last episode thanks about for, the pyramids. Thanks for stopping me. Cause I was, I was working up. To <laughs> you were getting there. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go to a break in a second, and when we come back, we're going to sit down with Stephen Myers. And if you're not familiar, Stephen Myers is the author of two books. His first book is titled Lost Technologies of the Great Pyramid, and his second book is titled The Great Pyramid Prosperity Machine, as John alluded to a minute ago. And he has also produced two documentaries on the subject therein. He's, like we said, an author, a lecturer, independent researcher, and he studied the Great Pyramid for over 20 years, trying to understand how this ancient wonder i guess it's the best thing you could call it of the world was built and why exactly like me an ancient wonder you're not very old but we do wonder about you we do <laughs> it's true <laughs> and uh, he makes us look now let me rephrase that i was getting back on the subject not not conspiracy bud but steven myers he does make us all look lazy because he's out there digging shit looking inside pyramids getting shit done we're so you're here. saying he goes past the first page of Google? Yeah, he's actually traveled to Egypt to conduct research, and he was in, when I was talking to him earlier, page seven of Bing. Way too much work. Also, he has founded a nonprofit foundation dedicated to the understanding of how and why the Great Pyramid was built. The mission of this foundation is to redevelop, and that's an, an interesting thing, redevelop these ancient but advanced technologies to help our modern world, because even in today's time, if you're listening to this, you probably have access to fresh water and things like that. Guess what? A lot of people on this planet don't. And that is a sad thing. The foundation, like John said, is the pump.org, and they're working. Unless to, you're in Los Angeles, it might have dried up by now. Or by the time of release of this. Or you're in Flint, Michigan, and you don't want to touch yeah, that. Yeah, you, you've that got water. plenty of it, but you don't want yeah. it. Yeah. So we're going to go to break, but when we come back, we're going to sit down with Stephen Meyer and talk the water pump. Exxon Hysteria 51. That we almost so close. Almost went there, and I'm just glad we did. The Galaxy and Orion's Belt. Hola, David. Me amo Brent. Bonjour, uh, Brent. Je m'appelle David. You didn't do Spanish. I thought if we were going to do this together, we'd do the same language. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's uh, that's on brand for us. I, that, I I just thought romance languages was yeah. the key. Everything I say is romantic, and that is thanks to Rosetta Stone. <laughs> you guys, we, we've been touting these things forever. We love Rosetta Stone, and we actually are users. David, you've really been using it even for longer than I. What's your experience been like? Oh, it's been great. The thing is, uh, you really get to learn how to speak and think in that language with it, so... It's very high on pronunciation, too, so <laughs> you can, you know, learn how to speak. And, you know, our show is all about proper pronunciation. <laughs> In that pronunciation, yeah, that's right. But it's it, they design it for long-term retention, you know. It, and, yeah. Uh, if you don't get the pronunciation right, you, you say it until you do, and then, you know, that, that just seeps into your head. Well, and that's why, you know, this has been trusted by experts for 30 years, and there's over 25 different languages that you can learn, and people, millions and millions of users use it because, like you said, it does seep in, and you're using it 
with, you know, you get speech recognition and mm-hmm. it, it hears you. You get to use like the built-in true accent features that gives you this pronunciation, which is super convenient and you can do it at your own time. And I don't know if you can know this, but I'm all about value and you get a one-time purchase, 25 languages. If I learned all 25 languages, I'd be so confused or really cool. <laughs> I have to go in and out. But you'd be real marketable. But literally, though, this is something that we use, and we have both of us have given the seal of approval because we want to do this long term, and uh, it's something that uh, it works, you know. And we don't yeah. we don't do long term um, stuff like this, and this is this is the one that we've chosen, and we love it. So, all you guys got to do don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now, as we've told you a thousand times, and it's always now, right now. Get now. started. For Larry, limited time, his Air 51 listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. How much? 50%. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your unnatural life. Wow. Redeem, redeem, redeem. How do they do it? Rashate, you're oh. 50% off. <laughs> Rashate. <laughs> redeem it. 50% off rosettastone.com slash today. Do it today. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when Brent and I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, man, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Brent is trying to plan right now and says that it works like a charm from Chicago to Nashville as he makes his big old move. Mint Mobile is working for him. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. So ditch the overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash hysteria. That's mintmobile, M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash hysteria, H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash hysteria. $45 upfront payment required. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. John, we are back, and finally we have another real guest that isn't Joe Peck for once. Or Kevin. Or Kevin, that's yeah, true. Yeah. This is, people are going to get a little spoiled. We've had like three weeks in a row of actual guests. Of actual that, real you know, guests? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what to do with myself. Now, uh, Stephen, have you climbed Mount Everest? Because our last guest climbed Mount Everest. Have you done that? No, I haven't done that. We're going to say you did, okay? <laughs> okay, I can do that. Our second guest in a row to have climbed Mount Everest. No, uh, Stephen here, as you, you know, we talked to him before the break, has done something, uh, one of my dreams. He's been to the pyramids, and he hasn't just sat at that Pizza Hut 
looking at the pyramids. He's actually been to the pyramids. <laughs> He's actually been there. Yeah. Now, quick question for you, Stephen. Have you ate at that Pizza Hut? I have not ate at that Pizza Hut. Oh, man, I tell you, you went down a point in my book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going back to Egypt next year, and I will eat at that Pizza Hut on your recommendation. That's called Bucket List right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the Giza Pizza Hut. <laughs> Giza Pizza. That That's the name they need to I don't know why they went with Pizza Hut. They just rebranded <laughs> right hut. now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so Stephen, as we, we told our listeners before the break, uh, you have a uh, you you have a, a whole website, a number of books, documentaries, also and a charity and a charity, yeah, nonprofit, um, all centered around the Great Pyramid of Giza and and the purpose of it being built. Yeah, its function, uh, so to speak. You know, people have been studying this forever. It seems like, and mm-hmm. why was it Egypt for you? What before we get into what you're doing, what brought you to Egypt, so to speak? Well, uh, my uh, education has been a technical in nature. You know, I'm an amateur radio operator. I have the general class commercial radio telephone license from the FCC, and I've done a lot of technical things. And I also enjoy history. So if you enjoy technology and history, both, Ultimately, uh, you will be ha- certainly have an interest in the Great Pyramid. Yeah, kind of a kind of a straight line to there, huh? Kind of. It's yeah. a forty-five story skyscraper built in ancient times, so it's uh, it's a technological wonder as much as uh, everything else. Is is your background in in that is what made you think like I think I can solve this. I think we can work on this. Was that, or was it just you know something else that made you go I I want to prove what this was really for. Well, I'm just like, you know, everybody that watches the uh, Mystery Channel and all those documentaries on TV and reads the books. I had a fascination about this building, the Great Pyramid, and wondered, you know, how it was built. They're not uh, making them like that anymore. That's something you can say about that that really sticks. (laughs) They don't make them like that anymore. (laughs) Yeah. And then they built this great big building, and I wondered uh, what would motivate them to do that. So, uh I got to researching and studying, and then it started out as an interest, but now it's become a life quest. Well, let's not let's not bury the lead here. We we alluded to it earlier in the show, but let's hear it from the proverbial horse's mouth. Tell us uh, in uh, 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 in your own words uh, what you believe uh, it's for, and and just give us the Reader's Digest version. Okay. I think that they built the Great Pyramid in a very efficient fashion. They used water locks and barges, like in the Erie Canal, and moved uh, these stones swiftly up to the building site and built the Great Pyramid. And the purpose of the structure, I think, was to be infrastructure for the civilization that built it. It was a machine that actually did something, and it was a water pump. It was a water pump. So, uh, Hysteria Nation, listening. You've, if you've been listening to the show for a while, we did, we did an episode uh, probably two years ago on not just the Great Pyramid, but the whole the Giza, Giza com- Plateau, complex. Yeah, yeah. and um, and we ticked off through the reasons that uh, people say they were created. Uh, anything from intergalactic gas station <laughs> to. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, to uh, Mr. Ben Carson's, it's a grain silo. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, Doctor Ben Carson's, yep. it's a grain yep, yep. silo. Uh, and um, 
And the only one that we came across that, and we actually had not come across your research at the time, uh, but the only one that we came across that had any kind of scientific backing or, or, um, or, or, you know, mainstream, if you want to use that term, scientist had looked at it and, and said, well, eh, maybe was, was the water pump. So that's why that intrigued us to do this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I think we, at that time we were looking at a lot of stuff from Edward J. Kunkel. And is that someone that you looked into a lot when you were doing this? Yes. Uh, he wrote, Edward J. Kunkel wrote in 1962, a book called Pharaoh's Pump. And our nonprofit foundation is, uh, carrying on his research, if you will. And we named our foundation, the non, our nonprofit foundation, the Pharaoh's Pump Foundation in his honor. Yes. That's awesome. John was actually in a low budget movie called Pharaoh's Pump, but it's, it's vastly different, uh, kind of thing. It's not true. Just ignore <laughs> him and move on. Yeah. That's uh, different. <laughs> <laughs> so, so tell us a little bit more about, um, uh, how that relates to the the before we get into the the actual pyramid and the pump itself, is it your belief then that the um, the other two uh, the other two pyramids that are part of the of the Giza plateau uh, were were also constructed in the same manner? Um, uh, what, what what are your thoughts on that? Uh, the focus of my research is the Great Pyramid itself, that specific structure. Okay. Uh, and, uh, you know, there are some other buildings that are near the Great Pyramid. But my research isn't about whether or not the other pyramids are pumps or how they were built, but how the Great Pyramid was built. So that's that's my cop-out. Well, it's, fun. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, uh, people don't even realize sometimes which pyramid we're talking about because – um, when you're there, it looks like the one that actually is the Great Pyramid isn't as big. Isn't as big because it's not as elevated. Right, right, right. Y- yes, that is correct. And uh, but the Great Pyramid is the one that's the has the most complex interior, absolutely, right. and has the most attention drawn to it by researchers. So the big question: Why a water pump? Before we talk, you know how they built it. After they built it, what was the the purpose? for the water pump do you think what what was the the all of that work went in to make the water pump for what reason i do think the great pyramid was a single purpose device to pump water and the reason that they wanted to pump water is because the builders had little kids that wanted to eat every day and uh if you pump water in the desert you can you can uh, eat every day if you will so they uh, provided prosperity by building this water pump, the largest structure in the Valley of the Nile right now at this second is used to pump water. And that largest structure is the Aswan High Dam. And it makes electricity, but a lot of that electricity is used to pump water to increase the uh, land that can be uh, used for farmland. So in ancient times, we think they built a uh, water pump to provide prosperity. And in modern times, the people in the Valley of the Nile built a huge structure to provide prosperity. So the Great Pyramid was a prosperity machine. But there's a whole bunch of other purposes for the pumped water, uh, like uh, powering machinery uh, for uh, scientific experimentation, to create compressed air, for a whole host of purposes. So I see the Giza Plateau as a research center 
instead of like a graveyard. One of the things you said there really resonated with me, uh, and it's as true today as it was thousands upon thousands of years ago. Those little kids still love to eat. <laughs> I have a two-year-old yeah. at home, and, and he just won't quit doing it every day. Yeah, it's funny. People, you know, you look at the hardships that people go through, and like, how did you make a living in this place? Well, it does stand to reason that if they're going to stay in a place like that that's an arid, dry desert, uh, you're going to want the best way you can to grow crops and do things. And it's funny because a lot of people look at that, and they just say that it's the pyramid is very spiritual. It's a holy place. It was there as a tomb and you don't think that's that at all right you don't believe it was built as a tomb whatsoever no it was never it was never originally a tomb it was a great big uh construction project that had an even bigger return on investment so that's uh that's what i think justified the construction of the great pyramid and in in the united states the largest structure ever built is the dam in central Washington State, the Grand Coulee Dam, and it is used to pump water. It has water pumps that are powered by the dam itself that pump, that irrigate a million and a half acres. So uh, in modern times, we need uh, big structures to provide prosperity. Things haven't changed as much as we like to think they have, maybe. <laughs> that, no, they haven't changed yeah. at all. Uh, it's it's the same thing. But the problem with us understanding it is we're inundated by prosperity. You know, people now think, oh, the water in my sink comes out of the tap. Yes, but there's a whole host of infrastructure that makes that possible. Or they think the electricity comes through those little holes in the wall. Yes, but there's a whole infrastructure, a whole power grid that makes that happen. So we think the Great Pyramid was, was part of infrastructure to provide prosperity for the civilization that built it. Well, as we all know, the, the electricity comes from all of the hamsters that we all have in our walls on spinning on those wheels. That's over Chicago a, proprietary, so it's different oh, that's in every just, state. Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. I didn't realize yeah. that. <laughs> so, all right, let's, let me ask you this. Um, one of the big debates, I mean, there's a lot of debates surrounding the Great Pyramid, but one of them is certainly the age. Not everyone is in agreement as to when it was built. Despite what it was for and despite how it was built, where are you on, on that? Yes, it has an age. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, the age of the Great Pyramid is under scholarly debate. I would say that whatever Egyptologists say the age is, is wrong because they're wrong about everything else about the Great Pyramid. <laughs> Probably it's older than Egyptologists say, but the age of the Great Pyramid is actually beyond the scope of my research. It's, uh, you know, and, and even if you determine the age of the Great Pyramid when it was built, it wouldn't really tell you very much. For example, Let's say we found out the Great Pyramid was 10,000 years old, that they started building it 10,000 years ago from today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's say we found that out as truth. Wow. The very next question is, well, how did they build it and right. why? So I, I uh, cut to the chase and just uh, study how it was built as well as, as why. Just to, to push back on that a little bit, I, I, I do think the age matters in one sense. As it relates to the location of the Nile 
uh, you know, depending on you, can, there are maps you can look at to see the the migration of the Nile throughout the centuries, and that and that certainly um, would impact how far away it was from the uh, from the from the Giza plateau. And then the Nile being a a source of water for this pump, or a source of water certainly for the locks that you're talking about. I mean that that part would matter, wouldn't it? Oh uh, yes, in in a degree, I guess. But uh, the Nile certainly has uh, changed its course through the millennia, mm-hmm. and uh, the uh, other things have changed in the valley of the Nile, including um, the the weather and and other issues. Uh, but uh, I think that the stones were moved through canals, and canals can be quite long. The Erie Canal, you know, is from. Uh, New York all the way up to the Great Lakes. So uh, you can, you know, you can move stones through canals. You know, some of the stones of the Great Pyramid are from uh, 400 miles upstream, The some of the larger stones. So uh, it's crazy to not think that they use some sort of canal to move them almost. You know what I mean? And so many people fight against that. But it is such a staggering feat to think about. It is a staggering feat. That's that's for darn sure. The Erie Canal moved the weight of the Great Pyramid higher than the Great Pyramid in a time frame of two years. So water locks are fast, powerful, uh, controllable, and effective. So uh, that's why we think that was done. Instead of people like uh, contemplating their navel or had a magic wand or worshiping crystals, those things don't really. So don't regardless really of the time and where the Nile was, you know, locks could have, you know, traversed that, that distance is what you're saying. I, I am saying that that's yeah. correct. So another thing, you know, that everything we're talking about is, is lost technology. And, and a goal of yours you've talked about is trying to create this lost technology, so to speak. Tell us about that in your nonprofit, if you will. We want to redevelop this ancient water pumping technology, which is quite unique and efficient and also environmentally friendly uh, to uh, re to use that technology and redevelop it in our modern but very troubled world. And we could use that water pumping technology to generate electricity or to irrigate farmland. So if you can pump water up cheaply, you can use that water to generate electricity. So you believe that the technology that was being utilized in the Great Pyramid is lost technology? I do. I think that uh, it's uh, quite involved how the Great Pyramid operated as a water pump. There's a whole host of passages both below the uh base of the Great Pyramid, the subterranean chamber, and several in the Great Pyramid. And uh, some of that is, uh, you know, quite uh, sophisticated. We think the subterranean chamber operated by using the force of implosion that Victor Schrauberger, I don't know if you guys heard of him, I'm sure you have, the Austrian uh, researcher Victor Schrauberger uh, described the this force of water and and fluid, so uh, we think that that's part of it, but also, uh, uh, you know, it needs to be uh, uh, redeveloped, and that's the purpose of our foundation with a research facility, library, 
and, uh, you know, pro bono legal counsel and board of directors and all of that that we're trying to uh, to redevelop it. That can It can be used in like cottage, be built in cottage industries, you know, different polypropylene containers, PVC pipe, valves, and that type of thing. So that's that's what we're working on. So let me let me ask this next question uh, on behalf of our listeners. Like, um, I'm I'm trying to pretend that I am the average Joe who's just interested in the world of the weird instead of the below average John that he is. That I am right. <laughs> I I know about the Great Pyramid. And I know about the theories out there, anything from grave to water pump to, you know, as we said before, intergalactic gas station and everything in between. What is it? Well, I guess what I'm trying to get to the bottom of or understand or, or um, maybe uh, uh, give our listeners some insight to is to, what is it that you've learned through your reading and your research that leads you to believe what you believe versus any of the other theories? Um, yeah, was there like an aha moment? Or yeah. Something like what, that? what, what is it? What is it? What's the, if our listeners are the jury and you're making your final dis- discourse to the jury before they, the, the judge sends the jury out, what is, what is it you want them to take with them? Well, whoever built the great pyramid and whenever it was built, the builders, uh, whoever they were, were geniuses. You know, they weren't the knuckle draggers that had strong back muscles, to pull stones up or up a big dirt ramp that was bigger than the Great Pyramid, which is a method that cannot be dis- demonstrated by Egyptology. And they didn't, these geniuses didn't have chisels in their hand, chiseling stone and making extreme precise cuts and that type of thing. No, the, uh, the builders had high technology that was, is evident from the, remains at the Giza Plateau. So, you know, the precision stone cutting and uh, that they built this huge structure that had a huge return on investment. And based on, there was no aha moment, but there was all of these pieces of evidence. There was Nile earth or sediment found inside the Great Pyramid. The casing stones on the outside were cemented together with a bonding agent stronger than the stone itself and there's a whole host of types of tidbits or evidence that indicates that there's a profound link between the great pyramid and water so uh, between that edward kunkel's two books actually and uh, a, a couple of decades of research i concluded that the uh, great pyramid was uh you know an active machine that that helped the people that built it in a very tangible way on this machine what did they other than just pump the water what did they use for fuel do you think to be able to to run this machine we think that inside the grand gallery was uh some plates that they used to um do electrolysis and that separated the hydrogen and oxygen from water and the hydrogen and oxygen gases combined are quite volatile. Uh, they ignited those gases, which ultimately created a vacuum, a very powerful vacuum. You can see YouTube videos on, on that. You can word search that. They use that vacuum to lift the water in the Grand Gallery. They lifted a water piston, if you will, 
that weighed about 100 tons. And after it moved up, they broke the vacuum above the uh, this water piston, and this 100 tons of water moved back down and ultimately caused water to move through the queen's chamber and then up to the king's chamber and out the king's chamber vents. So they had a pretty high head, if you will, to work from. So if they were doing that, they would need something like, I guess, acidic to be able to do that. Do you know what they would have used, you know, to, to, to create the electrolysis? Uh, there's scholarly debate about the uh, electrolysis process. Uh, Christopher Dunn contends that electrolysis occurred inside the Great Pyramid. And uh, he uses uh, like chemicals, if you will. And uh, I contend that they used uh, a di- uh, like electrical generator. There's a lot of um, support places to support devices and whatever inside the Grand Gallery. And at the top of the Grand Gallery, there's a uh, uh, like a, what they call the Great Step, if you will. It's a, like a platform that has uh, sockets in this platform to house a machinery. I think that they had some machinery in there and the movement of the water helped power the machinery, believe it or not. I wrote both a, both a book and produced a documentary that describes all of this stuff in great detail. So what happened to the machinery? Why was it lost to the ages outside of the, the pump itself and that technology? What happened, do you think? Well, it uh, it broke, if you will. And uh, the inside of the grand inside of the king's chamber has the only structural damage uh, inside the uh, great pyramid that wasn't caused by the hands of man. The uh, stones in the king's chamber are kind of separated, if you will, a little bit, and the ceiling stones are cracked. And we think that there was some expansive force in the king's chamber. But after it was broken. Uh, probably people uh, stole the stuff out of it, the the machinery and the components to uh, make fish hooks or to to trade for a goat or something like that. Right. So, is this the only place on Earth that we've seen that kind of technology, or do you think there's other places that this was being utilized and it just was unfortunately lost to time across the the whole planet? As far as I know, the Great Pyramid is. Uh, the only uh, water pump uh, like it, if you will. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of things, you know, I can't do it all. I can't do the whole worldwide thing of, of every, of, to encompass everything. But uh, there are uh, certainly high technologies in other parts of the world. But in terms of a water pump, certainly the focus of my research is the Great Pyramid. Other people can dedicate their lives to other structures in South America to, to determine their their purpose. So in in essence, the argument for your side of the debate is that, you know, well, one, there was a need. Because there was a need, uh, it was going to have to come from somewhere. Two, when we see the the Grand Gallery and some of these other things, that if you put it together, you could kind of see how it, it could have been used together to create uh, um, hydrolysis or uh, electrolysis or, or uh, whatever, whatever it was. Um, there, there, there's no, there's no particular smoking gun necessarily, but you're, you're saying that you're taking um, uh, lots of different bits of information, uh, putting it together, and that's the conclusion you're coming up with. That, but then also, 
that conclusion includes that it probably wasn't the Egyptians 2500 BC? Uh, probably not. Uh, Egyptologists who supposedly know about Egyptology can't seem to uh, demonstrate how that civilization that they're experts about can make even a casing stone, the precision cut stones that were covered the outside of the Great Pyramid. So uh, let's say I found a bottle cap and then in, in Egypt, and believe it or not, I have. I could say, well, the ancient Egyptians made this bottle cap. Instantly, everyone would say, well, show us how people in that civilization could make a precision bottle cap, you know, to within millimeters, how they could do that. Well, uh, you can't do it. Well, Egyptologists are in the same predicament. They can't demonstrate how casing stones were made or even how 70-ton uh, stones were moved on and off a barge and how these workers supposedly did these type of things all day long. Egyptologists can't do it even once. I think the thing that blows my mind on a lot of this stuff, and it doesn't matter on what side of the debate you fall on, if it's the water pump, it's it's mainstream, what they're saying, it doesn't matter, is that it is lost. We don't know one way or another, and people are trying to, like you are trying to figure this back out, and it's such a sad thing to think have we set ourselves back so many times by warring, looking the other way, not sh not sharing technology, so to speak? You know, why are these things lost to the ages when if they hadn't have been, maybe we'd be so much further than we are right now? That's a sad thing. Uh, state of affairs. It, it is. I suggest to people that they don't have to believe my interpretation of the same direct physical evidence that everyone has but to just not lose their awe that our ancient ancestors were able to accomplish this magnificent feat. I've been to Egypt, and it's just awe-inspiring the, that this structure was built out, out there. And not, not just this whole structure itself, but even the size of the components. It's just, you know, beyond human scale. We build our hydroelectric dams and each the size of the component is one molecule of concrete, you know, and we pour this liquid concrete to make a dam. They used stones that were 70 ton, which is beyond the scope of human back muscles to move in a in an efficient manner. So it's just it's just awe-inspiring and, and interesting in, in every possible way. This, this structure. On that, we can agree. Uh, we've talked about before on this program, um, certainly with Gobekli Tepe and, and other ancient monuments, where we, 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 be, we kind of become uh, ageists, where we look at uh, ancient civilizations and we think, oh, you know, they were, uh, they were stuck in caves and couldn't do anything. Yeah. And, you know, they were, uh, they were Homo sapiens like us. Uh, um, oh, boy. And uh, they, had, they had nice brains, the same size as ours. Yeah. Uh, so uh, while we might we might not agree on a, uh, on a lot, we we do agree. We certainly agree on that, and uh, and it, it is certainly a fun debate to figure out how they built these things. Right. Going along with this line of thinking, though, why do mainstream Egyptologists, archaeologists, whatever you want to call it, why are they so unwilling? It seems like to follow new lines of thinking when it comes to things like this. Why do you get so much pushback? just in coming up and saying, hey, I got another thought for what this might be. 
Oh, uh, that's easy. Egyptology has de-evolved into a mystery religion. They don't engage in the scientific method. And Egyptology uh, is just a, a class of priests. To become an Egyptologist, you sit in a classroom and uh, another Egyptologist tells you stuff that they believe. And then when you graduate, then you tell the next generation the same stuff. They don't engage in the scientific method. They don't, uh, they don't do anything. It's a, Egyptology is a science in crisis, just like phrenology was. Uh, less than a hundred years ago, it was taught in universities that the bumps on people's heads corresponded to uh, character traits. And for crazy, he's got a bump on his head. We better lock him up just in case. Yep. Right. Yeah. But the only problem is that interpretation of the evidence, if you will, was inconsistent with the direct physical evidence and phrenology had the added benefit of being racist and, and being rooted in racism <laughs> right. and uh, right. who's gonna right. who's gonna let some pesky details get in the way of a good story you know right. come on now <laughs> disregard research techniques you tend towards religion and racism so uh, that's the problem egyptology is in it's in a crisis because they are up against the scientific method and it uh, sciences come and go, and that's that's the problem with Egyptology. It is the richest science in the world with priceless artifacts that are in museums around the world with people paying to buy tickets to view it. So it's a, it's a moneymaker, but uh, it's, it's certainly inconsistent with uh, the direct physical evidence, their explanations. Stephen, do you think we're ever going to know for sure? Do you think that yes. there is going to be a – you do, you do. What do you think is going to happen or how? Well, I think that uh, research and and um, understanding about ancient times is in a revolution, that, that the Great Pyramid is surrounded and cocooned by misunderstanding and falsehoods uh, promoted by a lot of people, primarily Egyptologists, about tombs and dead guys and all of that death cult and stuff, and understanding progresses, believe it or not. A uh, hundred years ago, people said, well, yeah, the Great Pyramid was built because it was built to confirm Bible prophecy. That's called uh, pyramidology. And there's all these correlations between the Bible and the Great Pyramid. And people all over the world, millions of people believed pyramidology, but that uh idea has lost favor with a lot of people because it's uh it's kind of ridiculous so yes i think that uh well mostly because the pyramids were built before the bible was written yeah. <laughs> a little bit of that yeah yeah right well, hey you know they they believed it that the, the yeah, great true. pyramid predicted the birthplace of jesus and a whole bunch of other stuff Word search great pyramid and jesus and you'll get thousands of websites about all this convoluted stuff about the Great Pyramid and the Pyramid Inch, but people, most people, don't even believe that stuff anymore. I'll leave that to uh, to Dr. Carson. Uh, but but, but uh, yes. Brent, yeah. Brent, you, you 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 should have asked me. I actually uh, I, I know the answer. Uh -oh. We're uh, in, much like with JFK. We have the Zapruder tape. We're gonna have the Khufu tape. <laughs> uh, we're gonna find a, a, vi it's a videotape. The Khufu scroll. Actually, no, it was a videotape. Oh, it, it okay. was. Yeah, Betamax. It was though. a Betamax. That's that was the problem. Oh, they're they're so clear. <laughs>
So one more question real quick. I know it's not what you're studying, but do you think there's more stuff hiding in Egypt that's going to be found that's still under the sand that, that might prove this, do you think? Or, or have we excavated most of the majority of stuff that we're going to find there? Oh, well, most people, not just myself, but most people say that there's a lot of stuff that is still under the sand, if you will. There's certainly discovers discoveries to be made. They so, do, yes, they do all the satellite imaging and they can see stuff down there. And yes, I just, I, you know, it, it's so interesting to think of what it, haven't we found. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of stuff in South America, but also in the uh, in Egypt with uh, new technology like satellite imaging, we're going to find uh, new things and discoveries happen uh, just every so often. And the Great Pyramid gives up its secrets quite slowly, but yes, but it, very it'll, true. Uh, it'll uh, you know the uh, we'll, we'll know more truth about the Great Pyramid as time goes by. I'm going back to Egypt to be a featured speaker with a tour group called um, Sacred Sites Journeys, and I'm doing that in November of next year. So if anyone is interested in going uh, back there and listening to talk. Besides just that, if people want to find that or if they want to to find your books, your, your, your videos, where can they find you? Where can they go? Well, the best place to go is our nonprofit foundation's website, which is at thepump.org. The Great Pyramid was a pump, and we the website is thepump.org. And there you'll find out about our uh, upcoming uh, tour and uh, our activities, our goals, how you can get involved. And uh, find you know you can email me through that website. So uh, that's the best way to go. Find out about both books both documentaries and there's links for a whole bunch of stuff on there. Awesome. Well, Hey, we can't, we couldn't appreciate your time more. Thank you for sharing your insights and your thoughts on to, into what yeah, the, you. uh, the great pyramid was. And, uh, yeah, thank you for your work because it's, it's, uh, it's, it's always so fun to hear other people who've been there and done research to hear their takes on this. It, it's, it's refreshing and I greatly appreciate it. And dear listener, Stay tuned because we'll be right back with more Hysteria 51. Thank you so much. A lot to process. A lot, oh, to, a lot to recap. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, He's a fun guy, and he's he's done a lot of research there. He's been there. I'm very jealous. I'd love to be able to study that. And before we started this, John, something we talked about: there is a lot of people, and there's a lot of 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 proof or or signs that point to it could have been a pump. That's what we've talked about. What I was what I was trying to get to, and we just didn't get there. We just didn't get there. What I was trying to get to is that there are there are science. He kept talking about the scientific method. And how Egyptologists don't use that. There are scientists that use the scientific method that have come back and said, listen, if you take the Great Pyramid and you make a few small changes here and there, we could see the shape of it be uh, kind of conforming to what a water pump could do. But it, in that sense, they're talking about using the basics of physics to to get water to pump, like things like gravity, right? Um then there are the ancient aliens folks who 
take it a whole step further and say, uh, well, it could have pumped water. It also could have uh, sent microwaves into space because it uses mm-hmm. uh, uh, um it uses the vibration of the earth to cause a chemical reaction, and that's the path that he was going down. Now, he didn't say that, but we... No, so he didn't say the vibration of the earth, right. but that's what other folks say, that okay. they go down the path of, uh, well, electrolysis and separating the... Chem- the uh, some of those other folks... When he was bringing... So, I guess my mind, when he went into that, my mind went to, like, the Baghdad battery and things like that with the electrolysis where they used vinegar or... Um, acids from things like orange juice and things like that but then it goes into where in my mind where did that fuel come from in the desert now you need to be able to pump it to grow it where do do you harvest it first and bring it i didn't even understand where's the water going is it is it i think he was saying they were using sprinkler well or or they just had it so that they would have people there had had access to water or they were pumping it out to i would assume fields that they were trying to grow. I don't know how, you know, it's so arid. I don't know. But that's one of the problems with this argument that I've just never understood. Are we are we saying that it is a pyramid-shaped uh, water tower like you see in small towns across the U.S.? You know, you'll, you go into um, what in any town USA and there's a big... Johnny blue- loves Sharon uh, written on the side of it. Well, but yeah, but, but generally it's big and blue or white and it's got the name of the town on it. Yeah. And that's their water tower, right? Mm-hmm. So are we trying to say it's that? And it's I just- grew up in outside of a town like that. Yes, you- Pleasant Plains, uh, Illinois. Yes, you did. Or are we like, uh, but he was talking about how there was openings to the outside through the King's Chamber. So I'm like, oh, it's a sprinkler. And maybe, I, it, maybe, maybe I just didn't, we didn't ask the right maybe not. questions. I don't know. I guess that would have been a great question too. Like, um, call him back. Uh, <laughs> The other thing, have you seen where they found another chamber inside? Yeah, there? yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wonder how that plays into, you know, and that doesn't have to negate or anything. My big question, and I asked, I said this to him, and, and it's it's one that blows my mind, is if we had the technology where he didn't lose me, but the part that I didn't understand was there were these machines, as he was talking about. What happened to that technology? Where did, because it was making it sound to me almost like it was like generating, they had a generator of some sort putting out power. Where was that coming from? Well, what Why you did don't we understand is that? that when the aliens sunk Atlantis, all it's the Atlanta plan- and it's in Georgia. No, no, no. All the, the all, all of the, all of the blueprints, mm. all of the, uh, the raw materials, they were all in Atlantis. And so it just kind of sunk. And then, and then the backup blueprints, those were at Alexandria. So when it burned, oh. we were really in trouble. Yeah, it's it, funny, it, though. Like, you can make an argument for us destroying technology. And you know what? The next town over, be whoever it is, finds out that you have a, let's say they had some sort of generating power. Well, that's of the devil. And you would go to war and try to destroy them. Yeah. I, the, the, my, my, my problem with the argument that he's making, mm. not the, the uh, not the in general, it was some sort of water pump thing. Okay. I mean, people smarter than me have said that's possible. It, is that it, we're talking about a lot of other substances and chemicals and things being involved. And we can, we still find honey that's edible 
in these chambers, mm-hmm. right? It's not like we're in an area where things are just completely lost to the ages. We can, we're, we're, we find the soot from where they where they use torches when things got dark. The, not on the inside, though, because there's not on the enough inside oxy- of some of them. We yeah, have, there's not enough oxygen in the Great One, though, which is crazy. Not in the Great One, yeah. yeah. But I, I'm just saying that places we found that it's mm-hmm. that old and it's still there, mm-hmm. right? I don't know. I, I dig what he's doing, and I, I see what you're saying, but I think that we have to have fresh minds and fresh eyes look at these things, and I'm not saying that he's right or wrong in any way, shape, or form, you know, and he's done a lot of hands-on research that I haven't done, and he's got a he's got the nonprofit, and, and he's doing that. I just think it's important for people to try to figure these things out, to not just go, well, we don't know, but we don't know. And I do agree with him on that. Yes. It's the Egyptologist is the, well, that's just the way it was. But how was it that way? Because I said so. That's not. I completely you're agree. You're not my mom. I just, I just wanted, give me the five reasons it's true. Give me the mm. five reasons it's true. Well, the Great ch- Chamber was this size and it's at this angle. And because of that. It- now, there are. Now, so if you go to, I believe, Edward Kunkel, if you look him up, they have diagrams of how it would have worked as a pump you can look that up and this is where that machine was and this is what and he actually has so myers has two videos where they actually um they play that out and so you can see how he says it actually worked as a water pump now i don't know i'm not a hydro engineer or an engineer of any kind of that as you know i'm my genius is in other areas other areas um, right um so i can't say though when when someone shows me something like that i go oh okay you know what i mean and then someone <laughs> says no that doesn't work and i go oh okay you know i don't know because that's you know it's beyond me well and that's why i loved i loved the conversations we've had before about john anthony west and his thoughts on the sphinx Who's another one though? Then people go, he's a fucking kook, and and blah 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 blah. So, but what he did say, but before he passed away, what he did say, he said, "Listen, the erosion that you find on the feet of the Sphinx was not possible at the time that traditional scientists tell you that the Sphinx was built." So that leads us to believe one of a couple things: either a, it's much older, or b. The Nile was in a different place. Like he's he's saying, here are the problems Mm -hmm. and here are the potential five sets of solutions. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the one solution I believe for this reason. Mm -hmm. I always loved the way he laid it out. And I guess that's what I just didn't. And maybe I didn't ask the right questions, but that's what I didn't hear today. A tomb, a water pump, a power plant, gas station. What's what? What's next? What are we going to hear? Like, do you think there's anything else that we're forgetting? Like it was a it was a giant metronome for the. Egyptian symphony choir or well it powered the first mutants we already knew that it still powers mutants to this day oh my bad and the machine from the transformers is inside of it too. is inside yeah i do think i you know one of the questions you asked and he agreed with you and I, i'm on board with all all everybody i i do think there's plenty more under the sand where that came from not mm-hmm. just in that location but the sand it's such a perfect place to preserve things but also lose things <laughs> what did i think you said on our original episode um about the Giza Plateau, that if we just gave up on Vegas, it'd be gone in like fifty years. Yeah, yeah. To the sand. Yeah, to, or to less desert, than or, probably. Or, yeah, yeah. I, so I, I certainly think there's extra stuff down there. Now, what that stuff is, who well, knows? Look at, look at the Sphinx. They have to dig it out constantly. Right. It's, right, right. it's constantly trying to reclaim the Sphinx. You right. Know? Things like that are just. It's that happened. It's not just there. Give enough time and we're gone too. 
for the most part. Not but us, the lack but of like, water preserves it better. Yeah, the lack of water in the area, which is a fun thing because then on the Sphinx it looks like it's water eroded. They go, yeah, well, well, you know. Yeah. So and I'm and listen, I'm not trying to take anything away from from Mr. Myers and what he's doing. Number one, I love the fact that it uh, that he's drawing attention and money for the area. Uh, it's it's sorely needed, and more research is sorely needed. And so anything that can do more mm. for um, uh, for the research of the of the pyramids, that's a great thing. I just might differ a little bit on on uh, on the outcome. I get you. So I mean, you, you are the uh, the thinking though that it it could have been a pump. Hell, you don't know, right? We don't know. It could have been. It could have been the first yeah. Circle K. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, I, it's it is it is one thing he said very true is just don't lose your awe, don't lose your wonder because right. it is wondrous. It would uh, it would it certainly. I mean, we we've seen YouTube videos. They 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 could build it today, mm-hmm. but even today, it would be a it would be a task. It would be yeah. a feat, and the fact that they did it back then. It is something wondrous to behold. It was funny. They say it took 20, 30 years. This was a, an interesting thing that he said. It took 20, 30 years, yet they moved the the mass of it through the Erie Canal into every two years. It took 30 back then. Now it takes two, and we're not even pushing it. You know, we're doing other stuff, too. Right. You know, it's right, 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 right. That's right. just through water, you know, with with displacing things. What do you guys think, though? How do they let us know, John? Yeah, Nation, I mean, are we completely off base? Did he, did he have it nailed? And uh, I'm, again, I'm being the way too skeptical a-hole on this show, which is not uncommon. Or are, are we silly? Like, why are we even thinking that? Everyone knows that it's meh. Fill in the meh. <laughs> you know, aliens, yeah, aliens. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, George, Giorgio, give us a call. Uh, the way you can do that, the first way would be going to Hysteria Nation. That is no, our no, Facebook. No, 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 stop. The first way is through thought transfer via meditation and um, uh, my MK astral ultra, pro- no astral my, projection. My MK ultra classes that I'm teaching now for a nominal fee. <laughs> okay, Nation, go to Facebook dot com slash groups slash hysteria nation or just search for hysteria nation that's that's our discussion page where we talk about all of this good stuff that is right also don't forget this week here's what i want you to do instagram we're on instagram hysteria 51 podcast just search hysteria 51 on there give us a follow we post on there constantly i'm always posting new stuff not just the episodes fun pictures and memes and and just silly stuff and we haven't grown a lot on there. You know, we have, uh, I don't know, 5,500-ish followers. Let's get that up. Let's bump that up. Share it. Tell your friends. Tell your mom. Tell your mom's friends. Maybe you'll make a new friend. That could be fun. That sounds like one of those Pharaoh's Pump movies you were in. <laughs> What's happening right now? <laughs> also, Great job to us at Hysteria51Pod. Patreon patreon.com slash hysteria 51 and a long overdue thing that we're going to let our main man Siba do is we're going to give a shout out to a lot of our Patreon members because they deserve it. Damn straight. They buy my booze for me. So we're going to let him do that. But first I got another shout out, big shout out to conspiracy cafe. I was talking to him recently and he bought a hat. And I think it's a conspiracy because it's been returned to me twice saying that his uh, address is <laughs> can't be found. Unknown. And then when, I go to the, then when I go to the post office, they're like, no, it's in our system. 
So third time's the charm. It's on the way again. So conspiracy cafe. Uh, if you do, is the zip this, code on the dark side of the moon? The zip code was 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 just zeros. It was the weirdest thing. Oh, that is weird. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> but that's another show. They do conspiracies and aliens and UFOs and the paranormal and all that stuff. So give them a listen to. And finally, again, a big thank you to this week's guest, Mr. Stephen Myers. Yes, make sure uh, you go to his website. Uh, you check out his books. He runs the Pharaoh's Pump Foundation. You can find all of his links, all of his information at thepump.org. Thepump.org. You can email him at info at thepump.org. Yep, that's right. And like we said, we're going to sign off this week with Seabot telling you all our favorite people, the most woke people in this universe. I think, I think that is an understatement. Now, Seabot, I want you to take your time, enunciate clearly, and give each person their due. These people do not suck as bad as most of you. They bought me booze so they can live for now. Oh, and just remember, if I mispronounce your name, it's because I don't respect you. 99 Shadows, Aaron and Jamie Babel, Abraham Peralta, Andrew, Andrew Hanwright, Angelo Lamberto, Anna Gritsevic, Axel Hayes, Ben, Brad Tracy, Breland Sullivan, Brian Bernie, Brock Masters, Chris Elmore, Chris Konieko, Chris Labe, Krista Squires, Cody Lavois, Dan Rogers, Dana Otto, Darth, David Andres, David Ray, Dain Zazeski aka Snatchedwad, on Twitter, Dennis Owens, Derek Johnson, Douglas Davis, Ehekatl Joel Chavez Martinez, Eric Schwalb, Erica Elizabeth, George, Gisa Shans, Glenn Holiday, Heather Probst, Jay Zechariah Melton, Jana, Jason Crooker, Jay Masterson, Jeffrey Hartranft, Jeffrey McAvoy, John Byron Duplessis, John Donald Carlucci, John Sandy, John Sawyer, John Wallaga, John Yelland, Johnny Kuhn, Justin Ruff, Karen Marie Paston, Kenneth Bauer, Libby McDermott, Melissa Perry, Mark Avant, Matthew, Matthew J. Litka, Matthew Martin, Mashes London, Michael Banty, Michael Lauritsen, Michelle Campbell, Mike Miller, Neil Schwartz, Nick Foglio, Nicole Smith-Bosch, Paja Egdami, Patrick McRae, Paul Curtis, Ray Walden, Ryan Block, Sage Beering, Sam Culper, Shelley Terry, Stefan Feldman, Stephen Jenkins, Steve Hale, Tazzy Gal, The Circle Game, The Other Hand, Tiffany Lambert, Tom Humes, Trent Ward, Vicky K, Zachary Conroy, Zekio. It was terrible! It was just terrible! I'll never get over it as long as I live! That's it for another edition of Hysteria 51. John and Brent will be back next week with yet more of the unexplained, the unexplored and the unheard of. Oh, if it's unheard of, how will they know about it? Anyway, if you want to suggest a topic, give us your thoughts or just make fun of Conspiracy Bot, that's my favourite. Join us in our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Just log on to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation. Or you can always tweet us at Hysteria51Pod. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint.